0: You are listening to Rabba Manet, where words do remain.
1: Welcome to the new episode of Right the Wrongs. Every Wednesday and Saturday, Right the Wrongs raises the public awareness on pressing human rights abuse and creates an incubator of activism. I'm Isis. And I'm Kaya. And we are your hosts for today. The topic of today's episode is human trafficking. First, we will present the subject in a general way to give you, our listeners, a theoretical background and explain its implications. Then we are going to focus on recent examples, such as the case of Jeffrey Epstein, probably the most famous case of human trafficking in the recent years.
0: But let's start from the beginning. How do we define human trafficking? According to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harbouring or receipt of people through force, fraud or deception with the aim of exploiting them for profit. While we usually think of human trafficking as a distant problem that doesn't concern us, we should remember that men, women and children of all ages and from all backgrounds can become victims of this crime, which occurs in every region of the world.
1: Can you tell us more about the purposes of human trafficking? What forms of this crime exist?
0: Again, we usually automatically connect human trafficking with sexual exploitation, while in fact it has many different phases. Of course, sexual exploitation is an important type of this phenomenon, also in entertainment and hospitality industries. There is also labour exploitation, be it in factories or in the agriculture industry, and domestic servitude. An important element is debt bondage, as it creates a chain of exploitation. Victims also have to participate in forced begging and forced marriages. They are sometimes tricked into organ removal. Lastly, children are made into soldiers or they are forced to commit crimes.
1: Now that we know some basic information about this horrifying crime, we should present some statistics to show how widespread human trafficking is. It is indeed estimated that there are between 20 and 30 million people involved in modern day slavery around the world, with over 70% of the victims being women and girls. The vast majority of the victims are young people. Teenagers and young adults between the ages of 15 and 26 constitute around 45% of all victims. Worldwide, one fifth of the victims are children, though in some regions like West Africa, they constitute up to 100% of the trafficked people. Nearly 80% of international human trafficking journeys cross through official borders and control points,
0: such as airports and land border control points. Could you tell us a bit more about the different routes of human trafficking? Are there any patterns? Tracking human
1: trafficking is a difficult task, given its hidden nature and the fact that traffickers regularly switch routes to stay undiscovered. The lack of available data restrains the establishment of specific patterns, but we can still detect certain trends in the transfer of victims. Organizations that study human trafficking tend to classify countries in three different categories. The source countries, the transfer countries, and the destination countries. A transition country is typically a country near the destination one, selected for its weak border controls, or corrupted immigration officials, or even its affiliation with organized crime groups involved in the safe business. It facilitates the passing from the origin to the
0: destination. Before we dive into the topic, it is worth noting that it is practically impossible to make a clear distinction between the countries, because most take part in different traffics, and they are therefore switching roles. For example, domestic trafficking has been detected in every country around the world and places each of them in both origin and destination countries.
1: Nonetheless, if we consider the cross-border traffics, we can establish trends regarding the origin or the destination. In a 2014 UNODC report, out of the 78 countries examined, it is stated that 37 were considered to be more typical origin countries of cross-border trafficking, whereas 41 were considered to be more typical destination countries. Additionally, the UNODC specifies that it is more about regional economic disparities, where victims flow from poorer to richer areas, whether it be countries, regions, or across the globe. When combined with other factors, such as governance failure, uh, in post-conflict countries, for example, or natural disaster or limited education, the risks of dealing with human trafficking rise.
0: Domestic trafficking, which represents about 34% of the cases, often follows the same pattern. As cross-border traffic within the same sub-region, which constitutes 37% of the cases, Domestic traffic is much easier than trans-regional because it does not require as much skills and capital, such as visas, various transportation, reception, accommodation, etc. In fact, victims from outside of the sub-region are quasi-inexistent in Asia, Eastern Europe, Sub-Saharan Africa and South America, where they represent about 40% of the victims in North and Central America and other parts of Europe, and 68% in North Africa and the Middle East.
1: And actually, we can observe that most origin countries are located in Asia, uh, South and East Asia, in sub-Saharan Africa, in South America, and Eastern Europe. On the other hand, the majority of destination countries are in the Middle East, in Western and Central Europe, and North and Central America. It is said that the Global North attracts
0: victims from all over the world. However, we should remember that these statistics don't show the true scale of human trafficking, as it is estimated that only 0.04% of people who used to be in trade chain are identified worldwide. Moreover, over the years, the data changes due to the changes in its collection and analysis. For example, since the beginning of the century, identification of cases of forced labor has improved and it has been increasingly recognized that men can also be victims of human trafficking.
1: That leaves us with the question, what are the main causes of this crime?
0: One of the most important causes of human trafficking is poverty, as it can drive the actions of both the perpetrators and the victims. Poor people are more vulnerable to being trafficked as they are more desperate to find a job. Another reason is the lack of education, which not only limits the prospects of finding a job, but also limits the knowledge about human rights, as well as the lack of legitimate economic opportunities. Another important factor is the lack of protection of the rights of vulnerable groups and, in certain places, social factors and cultural practices. For example, in some countries, bonded labour is a common way of paying up debts. In others, the practice of parents selling their children is unfortunately still developed.
1: Not only are there multiple causes of human trafficking, But the mechanisms how it is done also vary. The perpetrators abuse their victims both physically and psychologically. They often use deception and fraud so that the victim travels willingly. They abuse people in positions of vulnerability, often by promising payments and benefits. A common tactic used on young women takes place when someone, usually a young man, seduces them by promises of a future life together. An important step in such cases is isolating the victim from their friends and family. Finally, perpetrators usually take away victims' official documents, so in case they escape, getting help or traveling is more difficult for them. And how is it possible that human trafficking continues to be such a big problem? There are two main explanations behind that. First of all, difficulties with determining a legal definition of trafficking in scarcity of comprehensive data about the scope of the crime, which are the basis for further action, are a big problem. There are also inadequate measures to prosecute traffickers, protect victims and prevent trafficking. That is the first part of the problem. The second part is that Along with illegal arms and drug trafficking, human trafficking is one of the largest international crime industries in the world. A report from the International Labour Organization says forced labor generates $150 billion in illegal profits per year.
0: Now, let's discuss what are the consequences of human trafficking for the victims. How do the survivors live with the memory of being part of this?
1: Well, it is first important to note that the impact can be different depending on the type of human trafficking we're talking about. But there are anyways recurring issues and trauma that survivors have to live with. A common consequence is physical harm. Physical violence can be used by the trafficker to maintain power over their victims using different means starvation, beatings, rape, or simply excessive work. It can lead to broken bones, which they cannot treat properly, infections, brain trauma, sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies for women, improper development for minors, and much more. But physical pain is the most visible trauma. So what can you tell us about the
0: rest? There is also psychological trauma. Not only are the victims vulnerable to long-term health issues, but they can experience severe psychological harm. It is believed that the impact of victimization is even more damaging. First, there is the fact that they are brutally isolated from any kind of social contact. They are separated from their families, friends or community. If they are trafficked internationally, they may not be able to contact anyone due to the language barriers.
1: What are the most common mental illnesses that the victims might go through?
0: The most commonly found mental issue is the post-traumatic stress disorder. But trafficking can also lead to cognitive impairment, memory loss, panic disorder, depression, and even suicide. They can also abuse the use of diverse substances, which reinforces health risks. Another possibility is developing the Stockholm syndrome. Can you give us more information about this illness?
1: Yes, so of all the forms of human trafficking, it is the victims of sexual exploitation who most often develop emotions toward traffickers. The Stockholm Syndrome is an illness where victims will develop feelings of sympathy and closeness for their abusers. This is a survival mechanism. It is an attempt at minimizing and justifying the abuse they are going through. It can also prevent them from escaping because of the sense of guilt it creates in the victim when they develop a false sense of loyalty to their trafficker.
0: As we can see, survivors and victims of human trafficking are severely impacted by their condition and they, above all, need help to recover from their traumatic experiences. It goes without saying that they need to be supported and accompanied through their healing. It is important to shed a light and raise awareness on this issue that is often overlooked. How about leaving
1: the data aside and considering an example?
0: Sure. We're now interested in a scandal that occurred in July 2019 concerning the American financier Jeffrey Epstein. On July 9, this man was charged with several sex trafficking crimes and accused of having sexually exploited and abused dozens of minors' girls and all of that from 2002 to 2005. Epstein was facing two trafficking charges when he died, sex trafficking of minors and conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking of minors.
1: Epstein was accused of taking part in forming a network of minor girls who would come to his mansions and massage him, but the sessions would gradually get more sexual. What's more is that he would sometimes ask the girls themselves to find others and recruit them into doing the same thing. It has been shown that he had up to three massage sessions a day. He is alleged to have paid some victims hundreds of dollars for each new victim Parker.
0: The Manhattan case comes more than a decade after the allegations that Epstein had sexually abused minors rose and pressured local and federal criminal investigations and civil suits for a trial. In 2008, he was already accused of such crimes and had made a so-called sweetheart deal with two cases he was confronted with, meaning that the outcome of the trial was greatly beneficial for him.
1: This case was chosen because it might resonate with a lot of us, since it is recent and is linked to the Me Too movement that allowed for numerous rape and sexual aggression victims to be heard. We must nonetheless keep in mind that this type of human trafficking is anything but a normal case, experts say. Why is that?
0: Well, first of all, most traffickers aren't multimillionaires, with ties to former presidents like Donald Trump or Bill Clinton, or important personalities such as Prince Andrew from the British royal family. What we must remember is that where there is vulnerability, such as marginalized people, people who will not believe whatever happens, and someone willing to take advantage of this vulnerability, there is human trafficking.
1: Indeed. And this means that people in an undefined status, such as migrants without documentation, can be an are targeted by human traffickers. If I take somebody's documentation or threaten to expose them to immigration authorities, I can force them into any type of labor, explained Jessica Emerson, the director of the Human Trafficking Prevention Project at the University
0: of Baltimore. Let's have a look at another recent example. Yet again, in 2019, the UK's largest modern slavery investigation took place and has dismantled a human trafficking ring worth two million pounds. The approximately 400 victims it exploited were for the most part homeless, ex-prisoners or alcoholics, to whom a better life was promised. The eight members of the crime group were set to callously and systematically exploit vulnerable members of the Polish community. Men and women from age 17 to 60 were recruited off the streets in Poland with the promise of a better life, only to be exploited and trapped into a desperate cycle of dependency with nowhere to go. Could you tell us more about this organization?
1: Sure. The victims were forced to work on farms, rubbish centers and poultry factories. The facilities were described as cramped and rat-infested. They were paid as little as 50 pence an hour and had to find ways to feed and wash themselves while the gang sized their identity cards and opened national insurance and bank accounts in order to make money on their back. They were also sometimes forced to go to cash points to withdraw money, supposedly for varied tips like transfer costs, rent and food. They were also physically harmed if their behavior was considered too problematic. This modern-day slavery, considered to be the most ambitious, extensive, and prolific conspiracy network ever uncovered, ran from June 2012 to October 2017.
0: That's the end of our episode on human trafficking. Feel free to engage with us on our social media channels. Is there an interesting case of human trafficking you would like to talk about? Let us know by following us on Facebook and Instagram and join us for further discussions on our Telegram group or leave us a comment at theverbamanandpodcast at gmail.com This episode was written by Kaya and Isis, produced by Serena and brought to you by Right the Wrongs under Verba The next episode of Right the Wrongs will talk about killings of journalists. You can find the program wherever you find your podcasts bringing you detailed updates on pressing human rights issues. Till next time. Take
1: care.